Welcome to Worship with Central Presbyterian Church, 133 Genesee Street in the village of Avon, Reverend Karen Farmer, Pastor. Good morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, you're welcome to worship on this Sunday morning. Let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts to this peace we are called as members of a single body. The peace of Christ be with you all. us turn to our call to worship. The heavens are telling the glory of God. Night to night declares understanding. We will remove the candles from worship this day. Remember Jesus as the light of the world. Let us worship God. Take time to confess, 
knowing there is forgiveness abundant in Jesus Christ. Let us join in our prayer of confession. Almighty, merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have refused to hear the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. and it is too everlasting. As far as east is from west, so far has God moved our sins from us. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Amen. Amen. The first reading is from Exodus chapter 20, uh, 1 through 17, found in the Old Testament on page 66 in your Pew Bibles. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is in earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I am the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the inequity of their parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother, so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. 
You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything belongs to your neighbor. Here ends the reading. Our second reading for this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 2. Some of you might think that this is story out of order. If you grew up as I did, memorizing the events of Holy Week, and you have Palm Sunday, and then the next day you have the cleansing of the temple, The Gospel of John has Jesus cleansing the temple um, in chapter 2. It is very early 
in his ministry and makes it a lot more understandable why so many folks had something against him. Let us listen for God's word. The Passover for the Jews was near, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And in the temple, he found people selling cattle and sheep and doves, and the money changers seated at their tables. Making a whip of cords, he drove all of them out of the temple, the sheep and the cattle, and he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling the doves, take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him, Well, what sign can you show us for doing this? And Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Jews then said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and will you raise it up in three days? He was speaking of the temple of his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. This ends our gospel reading for this day. I'm going to start with the temple. King David, 1,000 years before Jesus, wanted to build a temple. Instead, David was told he had too much blood on his hands from too many battles. So King Solomon, David's son, built the temple starting with supplies that King David had gathered. This temple lasted until the Babylonians destroyed it, nearly 500 years later. For 70 to 80 years after that, after the Persians had conquered the Babylonians, the Jewish people were allowed to return and rebuild That temple then stood. The temple we read about in Ezra and Hezekiah. It was desecrated when the Greeks took over everything. Alexander the Great, if you remember him. That's how the Greeks get involved. And Antiochus IV, who was called Epiphanes, Revelation of God, think about that when it's next epiphany. These things end up tied together. He had an altar built in the temple to Zeus and sacrifices performed on it. The Jewish people rebelled. 
and there were more wars. But at the end of that, there's the festival of Hanukkah, celebrating the cleansing and the rededication of the temple. The temple remained. As the Romans conquered, it was ignored by and large. They say Pompey took a peek inside the Holy of Holies, but left things alone. They say Crassus came in and plundered it, left the temple, but took the gold. When Rome installed King Herod the Great, we know him from the Herod of Christmas Eve stories, that King Herod, he decided 25 years before Jesus was born to begin rebuilding and refurbishing and fixing the temple. So it is that rebuilt temple that Jesus is standing in. It's a big portico, sheltered square in the front. There's the court of women on the one side, ladies, we'd all be there, and the court for the men, which was in front of the court for the women. And then it would narrow to the Holy of Holies, where only the high priest was allowed to go. The animals and the tables and the money and the buyers and the sellers would have been in the big square where some suspect the Gentiles or God-fearers would gather for worship. And you might wonder what's up with the marketplace. They're selling the animals for the sacrifices. Animals would need to be perfect to be an appropriate sacrifice to God. And so rather than risk an animal of your own getting hurt as you took it from your home all the way into Jerusalem, you would sell your animal at home and bring the cash to buy a perfect animal at the temple. Many uh, suspect there was a markup. Plus, any money you wish to give would need to be exchanged for appropriate temple currency. Roman coins had the emperor on them portrayed as a god and therefore were not appropriate to give to God. There are suspicions that in the changing of your currency, there was also a markup. And this is where Jesus throws his fit. Thomas once asked me, if somebody asks him what would Jesus do, can I tell them he would flip tables? 
Actually, you can. But it seems to be out of character. Jesus making a whip, driving out the animals, the buyers and the sellers, flipping over tables, sending coins flying everywhere, and that is not our normal picture of Jesus. We picture Jesus healing the blind and the lame. We picture him calming the storm and feeding the 5,000. We, we picture Jesus blessing the children. We tell stories about Jesus telling stories. Flipping tables is not our normal picture. And take a minute or two to imagine what the people around him were thinking. I think some of them were just aghast. We're thinking, how dare you? How dare you? How do we have sacrifices without the right animals? How do we pass an offering plate if the money of the Roman Empire has Caesar portrayed as a god, and as Ted read, we have commandments that forbid graven images, portrayals of gods. We might be sitting there thinking, how dare he? We have a system. We have been doing things this way for decades. We did it this way when I was young. You know what? The way we are doing things was good enough for my parents and good enough for my grandparents. So who does he think he is? We might wonder what set him off. Some say it's the commercialism. It's that these people were using the temple in God's name to profit off other people's devotion. Some think it was location. That the marketplace would have been set up in the space where the Gentiles would have worshipped. Outsiders blocked from drawing closer to God. Outsiders blocked because not being Jewish, they would not have been allowed into the other areas where the Jewish people had gathered to worship. Whose temple is this? Is it for the sacrifices and the priesthood? Is the temple for the worshipers to carry on traditions? Or is the temple for the world to see the light of God? I think Jesus was furious. 
the faithful of God were having their devotion taken advantage of. I think Jesus was furious that the mission to the world was being blocked. The New Testament quotes a lot from Isaiah, and Isaiah talks about the Jewish people in their image of who God is and what God wanted was to be a light to the world. Whose temple is it? It's God's. It's for God's purpose. It's to witness to God, to create community, to share all of those wonderful stories, to love God and to love others. Today we might ask, along a similar line, whose church is it? Is it mine? Is it my church? Is it your church as members? Does the church belong to the ages as the traditions are maintained? Or does the church belong to the future? and what it could do, or what it might do. Is the church for the community, or for mission, or for God? It's an important question for those of us in the church to think about. In fact, I heard mentioned this morning a story of somebody who went to a church and sat in somebody else's pew. (laughs) Sounds like you're familiar. It raises the question of, well, whose pew is it? I keep saying we don't have assigned seats. Well... Kathy has an assigned seat. Um, The choir, most of the year, has slightly assigned seating. I mean, obviously, we let them out. Whose is it? Because I think we need to be gracious. hold the church lightly and hold God strongly as we think about how we'd answer that. Because, you know, I'd hate to have Thomas be right. And the answer to the question of what would Jesus do if he walked in would be to flip some tables. Here we hold on to God. And work.
work to be gracious with our space. Because it's all God's at the end of the day, which is good news. Amen. You've been listening to the 10 a.m. service from Central Presbyterian Church in the village of Avon. This radio ministry has been made possible by Stokey Farms, 656 South Road in Scottsville. We at Central Presbyterian Church believe that the love of God should flow through us to our members, our community, our nation, and the world. Visit us on the web at cpcavon.org or call 226-2626.